sis. Welcome back to Black Girl SLS. It's your girl, Snobby. And today, we are talking about the Black Tina experience in America. As always, I bring you the best of the best, and today is no different. My dear, introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Jeja, Jess, Hola Matos. I mean, <laughs> so many names. Everything's fine. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Comedian, creative producer, proud Bronxite, proud Dominican-American, proud Black woman, all the vibes. Um, I'm just, I'm happy to share space with you, truly. I mean, all the what time. an honor. What an honor. All, all the time. It's, it's my heart's joy. All the time. All the time. So let's get right into it. The reason why I wanted to talk to you in particular is because we're both Bronxites, right? And so I was talking to my best friend, Lee, who's Puerto Rican. Um, she's about your complexion. And it dawned on me that not for nothing, I've always known Afro-Latinx Afro my entire life, but I never identified them as Black growing up because they never identified as Black. So it never even... It's like, I never put it together on my own and they never identified as a black. Right. And I'm like, damn, is this a common thing in the Bronx? <laughs> is, it, is it us? It, you know, is it the man? Is it us? Is it both? Right. Because I was like, you know, I, I consider myself fairly, I mean, well, at this point in my life, I'm obviously better educated, better able to articulate things. But even when I was younger, like, I remember making jokes with, like, my like my Puerto Rican friends. I'd be like, ah, you blacker than me. Shut the fuck up. But never associated them with also being Black. Was that your experience growing up in the Bronx? Yes. <laughs> so, one, I'm grateful I grew up in the Bronx because, I mean, New York is amazing, all that good stuff. But for me growing up in the Bronx, I wasn't around a lot of other Dominicans. It wasn't like growing up in the Heights. So... Right. It was a forcing function for me to be around a lot of other Black Americans, West Indians, Puerto Ricans. So it truly was a melting pot. Like I really, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I just, I got a little bit of everything. And I, in my own reflection and journey and understanding Blackness, you know, globally, yeah. I feel like for first gen kids, it's hard to identify as Black because your family doesn't identify as Black, right? And I think even for them, when they get to this country, the construct of Blackness is very much so Black Americanness because when you think about colonization, yes. white supremacy in third world countries, that's intentional. Nobody back home on the island calls themselves Black. I mean, I think right now we're going through a lot of pivotal changes and cultural shifts in a lot of different parts of the world where that's changing, yeah. but Black equaled Black American to me growing up. Right. So I never me, even me like, too. I never even felt like I could say I was black because I felt like that you, you're not. You're not. Also, folks from various parts of the world, specifically the Caribbean and Latin America and Africa, a bunch of different places, are very country first. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. It's yeah. very much like I come meet Especially in the Bronx where it was like, God forbid you accidentally called a Dominican Puerto Rican or vice versa. Like I seen actual fights occur and I was like, it can't be that serious. <laughs> But here we are. <laughs> and so it's it's that for me. It's like, we can't even get it together on that front because it's like, cool, right. cool, but like, I'm over here with this flag gang gang, right? So that was another layer for me that I was just like, I'm Dominican. Without the education and understanding of like, you're Dominican American. And mm -hmm. the reason why for me now as an adult, that's so important is because there are, there's a, layer, a huge layer of privilege that comes with that, that 
I don't have uh I don't have the authority to be like, I'm just Dominican because I didn't grow up back home on the island. You know what I'm saying? I had my yeah, yeah. there. I had stints and summer camp, you know, vibes with, you know, my cousins and all that, but I didn't grow, I didn't get educated there. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I didn't experience it day in and day out. So even in my own marginalized experience, I have a layer of privilege. And I think that's another thing that a lot of black folks are not willing to talk about <laughs> because that's, that's, that's high key. That's the highest of keys. Highest. That's, that's that's the highest of keys. And and like, and as I was like thinking about it, I was like, you know what? And it wasn't even just in like in my youth in the Bronx. I realized that also, even when I got to high school, like the Afro-Latinos that I knew were predominantly South American or Central American. And they identified yeah. as Caribbean or West Indian. And we already know the 500 layers of, oh, I'm not, I'm not black. I'm not black American. You, you, you're, you're black. Relax. Calm, calm your fucking nerves because you two are black. But because of that, the point being is that them identifying as Caribbean and West Indian also caused me not to associate them with being Afro-Latinos. But you're from Guyana. Like, you literally from South America, bro. Like, you are from Panama. You are literally... <laughs> You're, you're amongst family, okay? <laughs> you're you're the people. You are the people. And then you add to it's, the fact that hard. I also didn't know about my own background and stuff growing up. Like right. for me, and even now still, I tell when people ask me, you know, do I identify as Afro-Latina? I said, yeah, but more so because I'm from the Bronx. <laughs> because so, that's a nationality. I was about to say, You've been you've been snobby and sap since I've known you. So it's never I've never even I don't need no ancestry.com. I don't need no rep like because back home everyone adopts from each other's cultures. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like it's never uh it's it's everybody's in it together in a in a very just in a really special way. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So you yes, of course you get into the like you Puerto Rican or you Dominican or you black, but at the end of the day, down to even like the party scene, you know the vibes. You could be at, a, at somebody's baby shower. You bound to hear every everything. genre of music, pop. everything. <laughs> period. Period. Like that's just what. And even when we went, even in Buffalo, it was the same vibes because the city just basically went to Buffalo. We just. I'm about to say we basically imported the boroughs. <laughs> period. So, the big culture shock for me was when I moved out to LA three years ago. Because, mm -hmm. you know, outside of, uh, you know, country beef and all that other nonsense, it's like, I was used to seeing black people like me, like you, who may or may not be able to bust something out in Spanish, period. So it, right. it didn't even occur, you know, when I moved to LA, yo, people get like at the supermarket or whatever, just like, <laughs> like, they didn't know what to, they're like, what do, what do you mean? You speak Spanish. I couldn't be, like, it, my <laughs> equals blown. And what I noticed here in LA, and I don't think this is to be about every experience, but I noticed that, like, you, if you black, you black over here. And if you, any kind of Latino, or you know how we say back home, Spanish, you Spanish. Like, they're really <laughs> not, you know, I, I like to go on my, I'm so woke, I don't say Spanish no more, but I'm like, you know, Spanish people shit, you know? Cause Yo, I mean, let me, total, total quick sidebar, this really happened. First of all, we all from the city know that that is a colloquialism that we use. We know that. I was with some friends at, at a sporting event and I was asking my Latino friend if his girlfriend was also Latino, but in, in New York. And I was like, yo, she's Spanish too? He was like, no, she's not from Spain. I was like, relax. Sometimes people be so woke, they gotta go to sleep. Like go take they a nap. Say, 
save the DEI for your fucking for your employee resource group. Turn it down. Just a notch. Like because you know what I'm saying. You know, I know she ain't from Spain. <laughs> yes all that all that so when I moved out here that was a very like oh shit like I'm really you Dorothy click heels you are not in Kansas anymore like the jig is up and by forcing function it also gave me an opportunity whether with my co-workers or friends that I had made to talk about my lived experience being from the Bronx being Dominican American like all of it it was just very like conversations that I guess back home I had the comfort of not really having to have at that time right. because we was all just in it together it didn't mm -hmm. it mattered but like high key for fake you but, but high key didn't right exactly. <laughs> so didn't. so it wasn't until moving out here that I was like oh wow like yep this, this is real different this is real yeah. real different and even with a lot of like my white colleagues or even a few white friends that I do have yeah. uh because you know I'm inclusive I, I, Listen, I, we love everybody we, we love everybody that loves us the only people i don't like are people that don't like me period so <laughs> even for them they're like well what do you mean like you know we have we might have this kind of show or we might be you know going to this type of event with this you know panelist or whatever and i'm like it's not enough because if you right. if you take a moment to read the room they might all be latino but they all look the same usually white or lighter i'm about to say usually blanco Okay, <laughs> heavy on the palm. Oh, uh, usually from the same socioeconomic status, right? Mm -hmm. So they've gone to the same schools, you know, have a, had a lot of that sameness. So I'm like, y'all want me to give you a pat on the back, but you're doing literally the bare minimum. So no, I'm not giving you a pat on the back. I'm right. going to continue to challenge you to have it be different because otherwise it's for not. But I also have acknowledged that how can I want my white peers to want it to be different? If even within our own community, we're unwilling to have the difficult conversations around anti-blackness and white supremacy right. and misogyny and homophobia and all the other otherness that, you yeah. know, we, just, we don't talk about. And it's like, no, we got to talk about it. it. Perfect segue. I'll come back to colorism because that's, <laughs> there's no way we're skipping over that. But um, perfect segue because I wanted to talk with you about occupying the space you occupy in digital media and being very often that only person that literally sits in both demographics in the room. Like, what is that experience like? Because, do, or rather, do you feel like sometimes you're forced to choose? I'm a Latina for this, I'm a Black for this. I can only speak to this experience. And then, uh, and then like, as a second layer, like, what is it like to, because you're the only person in the room very often, you become the monolith that we keep saying we're not. Yes. So, loaded <laughs> question. Uh, if I had to answer with one, with one word, uh, the word would be exhausting because I've never, I'm never not beating the drum, right? Right. Beating the drum with, you know, maybe my Black American friends around like, hey, look at these other places in the world that maybe don't speak English or French or, but they speak Spanish and they are right. also black, right? right? But on the flip side with Latino folks, hi, what if I told you that there are black Latinos, but just because there are black Latinos doesn't mean you're a black Latino. So you also have work to do. Right, like, it's right. Just constant, and then being a woman, right? So that's just the additional always. layers, always. Um, I definitely, I feel like I am forced to choose, but in the way that for me, I'm I'm comfortable with. And in, in that okay. choosing, I always go in with it. I'm, a I'm always gonna be a black woman first, period. 
Facts. That's not that's not a vocabulary or even an awareness I had, you know, even in my 20s, to be honest with you, because it wasn't something that I was forced to really think about. Mm-hmm. But I also was never ashamed of my skin complexion or, you know, any kind of complexes around that shit. Like it just right. that just wasn't a thing for me. But being able to explicitly say I am a black woman first is something that has been very recent for me. Um, and not on some like pick me energy, like, oh, my gosh, I just discovered I'm black. It's not right. that. <laughs> it's the intentionality of like, no, right. no. no this is who I am because you could mm-hmm. you could blindfold me, drop me off in France before anybody even speaks to me. They're going to see a black woman. That's oh, that. Right. <laughs> so I always go into it with black people <laughs> because <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what it is. Um, I do talk a lot about I, I talk a lot about um, indigenous representation as well because that's not something that's in my lived experience, but it is a huge demographic within Latin America because yes. shout out or unshout out to Christopher Columbus like he was not the first bro so the reality I, is <laughs> bro you can't find something that's not lost hello <laughs> conquering asses but you know what and so it's a lot it's a, also a lot of education uh with folks across the spectrum mm-hmm. around hi what if I told you that Spain like that's they're the colonizers too. It's not just the British. It's not First like- of all, I'm like, they're number two. They are literally number two. It's the I second do, most they are spoke too. language. Like <laughs> it's the second most spoke language in the world. No That's way. all you need to know. How do you think the language got there? Hello. Nobody, Amazon Prime did not drop that language off, okay? There was no Duolingo. <laughs> there was no Rosetta Stone. People okay. weren't asking. No. And it's funny because in the workplace, you know, microaggressions are abundant. And I remember someone a few years ago had said to me, like, why are you speaking Spanish? And I was like, because I know how to speak it. And <laughs> like, the fuck? First and of all, it's a fucking language, sucia. Period. In this <laughs> instance, it was a sucio, but same energy. You know what? Don't matter. Right. It also made it worse because it's just like, shut right. up. Because like, like, you don't want to be in it. Uh, 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 shut up. You don't have so, nothing to do. Go type a document. Get out of here. In one of my earlier stand-up sets, I talked about how, like, yo, I didn't pick my colonizer's language, bro. Like, they showed up. <laughs> like, <That's> so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, if I had the chance to pick, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I would have picked Mandarin. I, I, I don't mind. I might have picked something else. I don't know, right? But I'm grateful that I can speak it. And also, shut the hell up because if and I also I, shut up <laughs> because if I was a white woman or a white man, you would be so impressed. Oh right. my God. Like it would be the complete opposite, right? And I think it's the, also the realization of like the backhanded compliments. It's not, you're not complimenting me for being articulate, for knowing how to speak Spanish well. Right. No, I know how to speak it well because I know- Very interesting you say that because I, so there's this white girl that I know. Um, she speaks Spanish fluently because she uh, studied abroad or whatever, but you, she speaks it, it sounds white, right? Like, you know how I feel about people that don't roll their fucking eyes. Like, keep but it to yourself. Just okay. keep keep it to yourself. Put it put it in put it on the shelf. Like, you don't you need have, it. Did you put Rolos in your hand <laughs> for the bounce? Like, do you want the cough? Yo, let me tell you. Be, quick side barber related. Being out here in LA, a lot of the street names are Spanish. Yeah, yeah. And the wet baby. I'm like El Segundo, El Segundo. Like I don't. I, what is so hard? Los no, the barrio is the barrio will forever be my favorite thing ever. The barrio. I'm like, just stop. Just enough is enough. I can't. So this this white this white woman that that I know that speaks Spanish, she goes out of her way to let us know that she feels yo, sis, that's not gonna make you, it's not gonna change anything for any of us. Like, so you can talk to me in English, because my Spanish ain't that great anyway. 
tell you right now. You go ahead and give me that in English. Like, and what I mean, like, overdoes it goes out her way. Like, regular apps on the phone, like, you'll hear a notification go off in SAP. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> relax. <laughs> Relax. We're in the, <laughs> relax. We're we're in the city. It's it's it's. Okay. I feel like a lot of brands do that too, where it's like really. I feel like a lot of brands do that thing where, of course, you know, every day I'm learning something new, right? And so mm-hmm. a big a big piece of why it's important for me to say I'm a Black Dominican American is because that American piece makes a huge difference difference in my life. I don't right. know what my life would be like if I was born and raised on the island and stayed right. there. Like, I, I don't know, right? So I acknowledge mm-hmm. that that comes with, as fucked up as America is, that comes with a level it of It definitely privilege. comes with privilege, though. 100%. That blue passport, I mean... Is it, I mean, pre-COVID, that shit was lit. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, it, <laughs> it held some weight. It held some weight. Yeah, I mean, shit a little lit. <laughs> okay? It was like the LBD of fucking passports. Like... <laughs> so what I noticed, though, is brands really... Yes, the Latino population in the U.S. is massive, but brands really be trying and to the point where it's just like, just fucking speak to us in English. We right. get that we speak both languages, but you don't got to <laughs> insert casa for house. Just fucking say house. Like it, it just, it feels so forced. It's really like cringy sometimes because I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, that, you, you thought that was a good choice. So, okay. And I also mean, it's stupid because like, you know, they don't randomly throw in, you know, Italian in, in shit. It's like, you don't sell me spaghetti sauce and say, oh, you know, Come and have spaghetti sauce with your fratello. You don't say that, right? <laughs> you be like, yo, you and your family had some prego, and y'all move on with the day. So you don't need to <laughs> throw the random vocabulary word of the day because I'm not buying what you're selling anyway. <laughs> that, and it's also the assumption that all Latinos in the U.S. speak Spanish. Yo, A lot of them don't. Big facts. <laughs> But that's because they never wanted to learn it or their parents assimilated or forced that on them or whatever the case is. A lot of Latinos don't speak Spanish here. So just fucking speak English. Like, <laughs> I can't. Not to derail us, but that you just made me think about how brands no, are even no, it's, it's, it's not a derailment okay. at all. It's all a part of the Black Tina experience. It's, it's truly, like, it, it's, it's a lot. And between that and then also, you know, everyone's favorite buzzword, Latinx. I don't even know where that shit came from. I feel like I blinked one day and everybody was no longer A or O. They were X. Hashtag same. Uh, (laughs) I was like, oh, that's what we're doing, right? And I understand the gender inclusivity of it all. I personally, when I'm when I'm thinking about, obviously, and if I'm on panels or whatever, I personally like to use the term Latine because for me, it translate. It actually translates to the language. Like the X, it, it's just it's a no for me, dog. But it's a no. <laughs> but some people like to use it. So who am I to tell you? It's so I get, much listen, fact. I give the people what they want. Latinx is what they like. I give them Latinx, and I'm gonna tell you right now, black people only using black people. Period. <laughs> we're, not, right. we're not throwing no X's on shit. Everybody just black people. It's team too much, right? It's team too fucking much. And I feel like I'm in a constant, like, asking for more in a lot of the spaces that I'm holding space in. Like, cool, cool, cool. You got that initiative. Or cool, cool, cool. There's this deal coming in. Amazing. But what about X? Because I feel like in a lot of corporate spaces, you know I'm corporate mommy all day. Let me get these benefits. (laughs) Let me get this check every two weeks. Okay, I'm not mad, right? Nothing wrong with it. But in a lot of corporate spaces, you know, it's we did a thing. Okay, now we can relax. No, you did one thing and you barely right. did that. So there February are more- don't count. That part. 
Um, but I have found in more like probably over the last six to 12 months, my conversations with my black American either colleagues or my friends that are like not from New actually even with my New York friends, because I, I kind of did a, a soft poll earlier this year with people that we all know, actually mm -hmm. are mutuals, where I was like, mm -hmm. when you see me or think about me, do you think about me as a black woman first or a Latina? Like just just out of curiosity. Yeah. And of course, a bunch of folks from New York were like, I mean, you Dominican, that's just, you know, and, and I get it, right? They know me that, you know, we grew up together. What I, so that makes sense. Yeah. But it fascinated me because a lot of my Black American colleagues or folks that I met out here in LA, it's almost like the oh shit of Black people really are global. And so, <laughs> I, I, and I noticed that it's sometimes hard for them to digest because it's like, you telling me you Black. But the person next to you who looks just like you is denying their blackness. So which one is it? And I'm like, right. this, is, this is a marathon. Not a Who's sprint. on third? <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone's at a different place in their journey. And, right. and that's also the reminder for me too, especially as I'm moving uh, to Mexico City later this year, the reality that a lot of race relation conversations on top of a lot of other systemic issues are just beginning in a lot of other parts of the like world. Like literally just literally. beginning. It's wild. I mean, it's of course for me I'm, as an American, I'm like, what do you mean? Of course, there's racism and anti-blackness, and, and, and people in other parts of the world are like, cool, 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 but we're all one. Shut the hell up. You know what I'm saying? Because it's and it's I'm, a thing. And I'm like, but nah, not really. <laughs> that part. And, and with you moving to to Mexico City and and making the comment earlier about they do the bare minimum and it's like the same kind of people. The same. So I can't think of the name of the show, but it's like this Mexican um, reality show on Netflix and everybody's like white presenting. Is it Made I'm, in Mexico? Is it? I don't know. I, 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 I honestly just can't even think of the name of it, but I tried to watch it because we all know I like foreign reality shows. That's my jam. If it's, if it's not Americans, <laughs> sign me up. Um, but I could not get jiggy with it. I could not get jiggy with it. I was like, everyone's everyone's white presenting as fuck. I think there was even a white girl, which really fucking threw me off. I was like, whoa. If I want to see the Housewives of the OC, I tune in to Andy and Co. What? What? <laughs> but in SAP, I'm confused. What's happening? Like, it's and, and 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 that's the thing. It was not even in SAP. They weren't even speaking English. I was like, so I basically could just cut off my caption. Cool. <laughs> I don't want this. I don't, I, I mean, actually same. And I think that's the part too, where like, when I think about who's at the, you know, decision-making seats and all of that other shit, it's like, yeah. I'm not surprised that white men and women are like, that. that's a show for the Latinx like, audience. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, you nailed it. And it's like, but you don't know shit about this audience. But what I also <laughs> almost doubling down on that is, it really be your own people because I'm also going to be real clear and frank is that we got a really lot of problematic faves, okay? It really do. In, it, this it really do. In, in, in this community where it's like, cool, 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 you made it, but you're wild anti-black. <laughs> cool, 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 no, you made it, but I, you gatekeeping, and you know what I'm saying? So it's 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 almost like the the actual pick me energy where y'all supposed to be the ambassadors, but you yeah. are actually trash and not being a good ambassador for anything. And instead of opening the door. My biggest pet peeve in a lot of these professional conversations about Latinx representation in the U.S. and ba 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 ba, is whenever anyone says, "When are we gonna get our Black Panther moment?" That sends me to a place. Honestly, first of all, first of all, I didn't try to act like Selena wasn't. <laughs> Selena was my Black Panther moment. I can't speak for nobody else. Oh, all right, okay. Because let's listen. 
to a real one, yo. <laughs> okay. But my thing is, because I, as a black woman, I'm sitting right. on these calls and I'm like, so hi. <laughs> Want to know what my Black Panther moment was? Black, black Panther. Panther when it came out, period. Like, I'm not like, what, what, are, you period? what are you saying, right? So like DC's dropping um, the Blue Beetle or whatever the hell, you know, I'll be off with the comics, but <laughs> they, dro they drop in, you know, the first like Latino superhero. Yeah. I'm not gonna hold you. I wanted to do well. I think it's exciting. We the all wanted to do well. The, the story's about uh, a Mexican kid, right? A Mexican boy who ends up becoming a superhero. And that's great, but that doesn't call to me. I relate more to an insecure than I'm ever going to maybe relate to a vida, right? Like right. It's, it, it's two different things. And so I right. think the, the feelings of being overwhelmed about all the nuances within Latino culture mm -hmm. really make folks shy away. On top of the fact that our, you know, history is written by the victors. We trying to go back and learn about our home countries. Like what actually happened? What was that war? Right. Was it the war? Did someone get like... It's, it's very nuanced, and I hope in my lifetime we make significant progress, but this shit is real a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. I I feel like I'm happy with the little bit of progress I've seen in my lifetime. <laughs> the, fact that, <laughs> the fact that I now have Latinx friends that openly identify as Black, because the first time I seen that was in college. I didn't see that until I got to UB. That is the first time that I, and, and it's exactly why my friends are who my friends are, um, because that's what drew me to them. Yeah. That's exactly what drew me to them. Um, the fact that I didn't need to tell them that we're the same person, because by the time I got to UV, by that point, I was basically Rosa Parks. Like, I, I came to free you motherfuckers. Like, I'm Harriet, Rosa, Sojourner, yeah. rolled into a motherfucking soft taco shell. I came to <laughs> scoop everybody up and let you know that we're all black. Like, yeah, I know you go to the Fulda meeting and you go to BSU, but you all under one umbrella for a reason. Yeah. Okay? Because we're all related. <laughs> like, fun Period. fact. So that was the first time I've ever actually heard Latinx people say, yo, I'm black. I was like, oh. Oh, we got progress. We are making Look progress. at us being aware. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. I mean, obviously, still a lot of the residual colonizer effects, like, you know, um, a girl that I went to school with who will never, ever call herself Black, who I assure you, who I assure you is Afro-Latina. Um, yo, she would perm her hair like every fucking week i was like you're gonna be bald bro she's be like she's gonna end up like gorilla glue it's gonna be <laughs> like i was like you're gonna be bald bro like this is not like you don't need to try to disassociate from being black it's okay that your hair has texture since they're buying bundles to get the volume you have the volume it's, i'm like it's fine it's fine i definitely struggle with lighter skin Afro-Latinas because I feel like, tell me more about how like nice you do struggle is. with them. I do feel oh, like I struggle, struggle with them a lot because I'm like, tell me how nice it is to be able to opt in or out because unfortunately I've seen it happen. You know what I'm saying? I've seen where it's just like rah, rah, like when the buzzword oh, is too, oh, wait, am I here? You, you back, you back, you back, you back. Unfortunately, <laughs> when it's, you know, the buzzword and it, it, it's cute until you got to get to actually doing the work or until you actually get to feeling the actual parts of discrimination that come with owning that. Right. So which one is it? You know what I'm saying? Like that, it's, it's that for me. And again, the reminder of 
you can be Latino and not be black and that's okay. I'm not, you know, hanging you at the freaking stake because you're Latino, but you're not black. But I am expecting you to understand the difference and to not one, think that you can just appropriate blackness when you feel like it. Right. And two, advocate for blackness in the spaces that you're in. And that doesn't take away from oppression you might feel. Cause I think that's right. the other part in this very woke world. It's like the oppression Olympics. Like everyone wants First to be- First of all, like everybody wants to be oppressed and I'm fucking befuddled. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I'm doing everything to try to not be oppressed. I don't want to feel oppression. I don't, it's not joyful. I don't, I don't enjoy it. I don't seek that out. Like I, I don't- No. Consistently baffled at the, and you know, I don't, they're not woke to me. Half these motherfuckers are sleepwalking. I, I can't. The slow taps, I, I can't even. <laughs> oh, that's a whole, you know what? I'm gonna keep us on schedule <laughs> because if I open the slow tap box. Oh yes, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be here forever. Um, oh wait, you froze for a second. Am I frozen for you? You're frozen you for froze me. for like two seconds, but you back, you back. Okay, okay, so we're back. So. Um, I know you said that you never had any issues with your skin tone. I never personally experienced any overt colorism, um, but I have heard, like, obviously I grew up in the Bronx, so a lot of my friends, their parents, they might, you know, they immigrated here and they their first tongue is Spanish. Um, and which is how, you know, I learned the language predominantly. I mean, I studied it in school, but I learned it from being in Spanish households all the time. Um, and I would hear little shit like, oh, she'd be so much more cute or she'd be prettier if she was a little light-skinned. I was, bitch ain't talking about me. <laughs> bitch, I'm a chocolate gumdrop and I'm serving looks. Are you crazy? Who you talking to like that? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know just to think that i don't know what you're saying because you're speaking in spanish ma'am i be i'm in your house every day at this point you gotta know i could put the sentences together right <laughs> like I mean, the math maths <laughs> like knock it off but i mean aside from that because we obviously we have colorism in all parts of the diaspora we all have it but i personally you know outside of like those little random things i never experienced it i seen it secondhand though predominantly with my latinx friends did you experience that like in your family or like maybe in your neighborhood yeah i, I mean in my family for sure so crazy enough i have an aunt her name is Rafaela, but you know, motherfuckers, black, black and brown people love a nickname. So what's the real name? I was about to say, so what we call her? Right. <laughs> like her name is X, but that don't matter. So <laughs> she's Matia Blanca, which for those of you who are not fluent in SAP, Blanca is white, but that literally is the translation. Literally. And Matia Blanca is maybe like a 0.5 shade lighter than me. I'm not gonna hold you. Like she is Relax not- Relax yourself. <laughs> she's not, she's not Blanco <laughs> at all. That's all. That's all. So she's not even my mom's complexion. No. Good night. I've had enough. <laughs> so of all her siblings, she and the gag is she's not even the lighter skinned one, but she's on the lighter. It's it's a whole. I, I, I've, I've had enough. <laughs> when I write the memoir, y'all will understand the madness because honestly, if I didn't know me, I would think I was making it up because it's insane. Right. <laughs> I was interviewing a few of my great aunts for this project I'm working on. And I had asked them a lot of these questions, like, 
did you experience racism, you know, growing up and da, da, da. And a few of them gave me the like, all lives matter. Like, you know, we're all Dominican, so it doesn't matter. And I'm like, bullshit, but okay. <laughs> Respectfully bullshit, but okay. Um, but then <laughs> my, my aunt Luisa, who actually, she's the only one who, her, her name is actually Luisa. We call her that, which is hilarious. Oh, wow. Like, That's a rare, a rare feat. <laughs> she's a unicorn for sure. Um, <laughs> she was very adamant about making sure we all understood we had Haitian roots or, you know, like she was never dismissive okay. about that. Come you know, and, and not to say that anyone from the Dominican Republic or on the island currently, like the only way you can get your blackness is through Haiti, because I also feel like there's a lot of denseness amongst my people. And I feel like I could say that yes. respectfully, <laughs> like, I want to make it make sense. Like if you right. look at actual maps and slave trade distribution, like- I was about to say, you can run that transatlantic um, roots and and yeah. Quickly, yeah. right? Um, but I would hear things like, oh, Cesar Bopoque Blanco. Like, oh, he's lucky that he's white, yeah. you know, he's lighter skin. Like, no, he's still ugly. He's just in white skin. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Or, you know, mejora la raza, or, you know, little things like that. Yeah. But I think what helped me growing up is my mom, my mom and my biological dad are both blackly black. And mm -hmm. my dad raised me. He's black, well, he was black American. Um, and very light skin, uh, probably like Chato, I would say. Yeah, okay. Not a little bit lighter. <laughs> but I grew up like in a house where blackness was, that's, we black, you know what I'm saying? Like right. it never felt like an othering. But I also acknowledge that for my mom, she was goddamn rebel, right? Because it's like, not only did she, you know, marry or divorce my dad, but she married a black American. Even though he's lighter skin than most of the people in my family, that was right. like, oh no, my God. Oh, like <laughs> you would think the world was over. And of course, they ended up falling in love with my dad. He was, you know, my grandma, yeah. that was like her, her son until he passed. And so, yeah. you know, he was very much a part of the family. But I never grew up with that, like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that weirdness for me. Yeah. But I had a lot of family members, aunts and cousins in the Heights, or even back home in DR, just little things. And, you know, getting relaxers all the time and yeah. little things like that. But on the flip side, I also... Um, I grew up being called like Morena or Negra and I never, you know, in, in academia, Twitter and Instagram and all this other stuff, it's like, don't own those terms anymore. They're oppressive. I'm like, I ain't gonna hold Yo. you. When my people call me that, I do not feel oppressed. I I'm feel gonna hold you. I don't know if you remember, um, what was that social media platform? It was, um, so it was a black planet, Asian gente. Avenue. Mi gente. Yo, my name on mi gente was Miss Morena Mami. Please address me. <laughs> know me. <laughs> know me. Like it's just I, I never I never grew up thinking that that was anything. And even it now, wasn't at least in New York, it wasn't derogatory. It wasn't like it was like New York. <laughs> right. It's just, it's like, thank you. It's like to me, regular, regular, regular. Like I don't right. understand what the issue is. And so interestingly enough coming out to work in LA, meeting a lot of different, you know, like meeting more Colombians and people from different parts yeah. of the world, hearing that folks that are even lighter than me with straighter hair, but darker features also got called that, that was a trigger for me. Cause I was like, what you mean? Right. <laughs> Morena wear, negra wear. <laughs> like, because it, it felt like, no, that right. us back up, get your own little thing, right? <laughs> But, you know, an education in, in culture, because again, right. going back to being Dominican American, there's a lot of shit about Latin America. I do not know because I have yet to live there, work there, get educated there. So it's easy to come into it like, uh, without actually knowing the context. And yeah. 
I'm excited for an opportunity to really just be a sponge and learn all about it. And along yeah, the that way, should be interesting. I can't wait to visit, obviously. Uh, I mean, you know, you know the vibes. Mexico City has all these museums that I've been dying to go to. I have like this whole to-do list. I'm so excited. <laughs> and me, also, you and Rick are doing our, our trip. I oh, please, please be clear. Me, you and Rick are going to Honduras to turn all the way up. I'm ready. All the way up. I'm ready to meet more Black people in Latin America outside yeah. of DR, Puerto Rico, and Cuba. And not to say that I don't still want to dig in deeper into those avenues, yeah. but like, I want to see more. But, but there's more. There's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> when, I, um, when, I, when I was in Honduras, it's so funny. Me, my mom, um, and uh, my sister, we were... <laughs> We were like in a, I don't know, like in a cab or whatever, coming back from taking this tour. We had like a local, we didn't do like the tour tour. We got off the boat and found somebody with their car. With the vibe. Yeah, we're going to give you this money, bro. Take us around, show us some things. Where can we eat at, whatever, right? So we did that. And coming back, we were like, oh, you know, bring us somewhere we can get like some, you know, little trinkets and shit, whatever to bring home. Bruh, we're coming down the road. There's a Jeep coming past us and it's blasting. No, it was blasting Jay-Z. And I was like, You were like, I'm on I'm on West Farms or not? Like I was like, did you make a right turn at Trima and Boston Road? Like <laughs> Am I getting off the two trips? <laughs> I was like, yo, not for nothing. This whole day felt like home. <laughs> Truly, honestly. Like home. So yes, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to us doing that and, and getting into that. So let me ask you, have you ever, first of all, how old were you when you started really identifying yourself as Black? Like very recent? Like, I would say very recent. For, I, I mean, I feel like saying the words, I'm a Black woman out loud, yeah. like probably the last year and a half, two years. Have you ever found yourself getting into conflict because of that? Like someone challenging you, like, nah, actually, you're not black? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I find that uh, in corporate spaces, uh, black Americans sometimes are like, no, you're not. And I'm like, but I am. <laughs> so what you gonna do? <laughs> like, you know, like, it's like that, that Diddy, that Diddy gif where they're just staring at each other where it's like, <laughs> we could do this all day. Like, you know, um, I have found that to be true. I think the biggest part for me that has been frustrating and exhausting, but still worthwhile to do the work is like, mm -hmm. blackness is not a monolith. You know what I'm saying? Like the right. huge reminder of that. Um, it's a lot because I just feel like what is so hard to understand? Like, I just, <laughs> I don't get it. This is not difficult. And I, I find it strange. I, I, I expect that more so with um, black people who don't present black. Mm. Well, you present hella black, but I but I know my people. I know my people. I know my people. I I know I my God rest my grandfather's soul. But um, he was a man of a certain generation, <laughs> and and they they say a lot of reckless shit, and and then to find out, you know, years after he died, that like, I think it was his grandmother, either his grandmother or his great grandmother, was Cuban. And I was like, sir, all the shit that has that used to fly out of your the audacity. The right. audacity. <laughs> like, for real, bro. 
But I feel like the interesting part, for, or at least the like 30,000 foot view is yeah. when black people from Latin America, the Caribbean come to the States, already you have the, usually the language barrier, right? Most mm -hmm. motherfuckers, unless you in a country that was already speaking English, you're likely right. not fluent, right? So that's already a barrier. Yeah. Then two, it's like some, for real, for real, survival of the fittest, right? So you're like, well, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to stay insular to my people. And then because the white supremacy machine is what it is, yeah. it's us versus them. Meanwhile, I could branch, I stand next to each other, yeah, damn near cousins. Like, you know, it's, right. it's very much that. And I know, like, I definitely remember growing up, like, people getting made fun of because they spoke Spanish. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it, it really, in hindsight, it really was, like, all love, but also, like, death by a million cuts. Or right. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh, no, it's a moreno. Oh, oh, no, look at you with your guala guala shit. Like, you know, like it, it's yeah. it's so interesting to think about it from that perspective now. Because back then it was just like, I mean, it builds character. You all right. You, you know, like, whatever. I mean, it's not, especially in New York, because it was New York is, I, I, I always say New York, everyone calls New York a melting pot, but it's actually a bento box. It's very sectioned off. It's very, everyone is with their people. There's Harlem, there's Spanish Harlem or El Barrio. There's um, the Bronx and the Bronx is sectioned off. There's Little Italy. There's, you know, Riverdale where the lighter folk live, you know, because God forbid they blend in with the rest of us. So like our city, Queens is like, you know, you got where all the Mexicans live, then where all the Colombians live and then where the Asians live. And then, you know, the Asians are, are apart from one another the Chinese live here this is Chinatown the Japanese live over here Koreatown like New York City is so fucking segregated when people be like this is the melting pot I'll be like sis it's a bento box promise you promise you and and with and with that context is like yeah you know we grew up in New York so it's kind of like well we're all the same but we all still grew up like very like but these are my people a hundred and ten percent. A hundred, like I could you not. That, that, and then, and then there's, and then there's the the model minority inside the minorities. Like I've had, um, first of all, I've had my, I've had African friends tell me to my face, oh, you know, I don't like invite you over because you know my parents don't really fuck with Americans, and and, I'm, <laughs> and you're like, in America, <laughs> I'm like in America. They chose an interesting place to come to not fuck with America. Maybe should have gone to like I don't know anywhere. Not America, Zealand, <laughs> Australia. Like, I mean, there are a lot of countries doing better think. than us. They could have gone other places. No, I'm not gonna hold like, you though. I think about that often. Like, why? I mean, I know the the actual rational reasons why, but I'm like, we really could have went anywhere. Y'all could have picked any place. Y'all, y'all chose the Northeast. That's not our climate, bro. I'm just not gonna hold you. We were not built for that. Okay, I, I could, I'll tell you a quick story. My mom, when she came to this country, it was December. I always mix it up. I think it was 72 or 74. Mm -hmm. And she landed at JFK. These motherfuckers had, I think, maybe somebody waiting for them with a coat or whatever. Because, hi, they come, they're coming from- I'm about to say, because they came with chunk lines and a fucking- <laughs> Okay, with no chins and a North Face. It was none of that. And my mom saw an exit sign, and in her mind- it, it represented exito, which means success. So she's like, wow, like, this is a great omen. <laughs> and of course, like now in her like snarky way, she's like, if I had known then, but like, <laughs> I think about that. <laughs> I think about that a lot. Cause I'm like, yo, like I don't have the immigrant experience, right? Like I was right. born. So it's just so fascinating to me. Like, yo, you really, you ready to risk it all for, you know, the leap of faith for a better life. And you truly don't know what it's going to be. You know, it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's, 
It's wild. So to point of the model minority shit being also internal, like I would literally like experience, like I've had these conversations with friends, with friends' parents and, and very particular Latinx parents. Um, oh, you're, you're one of the good ones. One of the good what? What does that even mean? Oh, you're so smart. You always do well in school. I'm since I want to go back to the good one. The good what? Right. The good what? <laughs> are you saying I'm a good student? Like, I, like your child's allowed to hang out with me because I'm one of the good blacks. Your child's black too, beloved. I hate to shake the fucking table for you, but and your child's not even one of the good ones. So you're welcome because I'm the good influence on your kids. So, <laughs> so you're fucking welcome. I'm sending you an invoice because this is a lot of work. Interestingly enough, uh, how I identify and dating life, it, again, in hindsight, is something yeah. that I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So I've dated, I mean, dated, I say that loosely, dated. Right. Um, I've enjoyed the company of gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> and of all the gentlemen I've enjoyed the company of, I've only ever had two Dominican guys. Mm. And I remember always feeling like Latin men, never thought I was like Latin enough, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, you're not domesticated enough or this or that or whatever. So that combined with growing up in my black ass household with my black dad, I was like, yeah, no, like black American dudes all day, every day. Like, yeah, give me the blackness. Right. And now I'm finding as I'm having more and more conversations with my guy friends and things like that, even in the spectrum of my guy friends, both black Americans, Dominican from the everywhere. There's still like that colorism bias and that very much like it is it always fascinates me. Like, so you fuck with her for real, or you fuck with her because she likes skin. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I was about to say, real heavy, real fucking heavy, and I'm not even gonna hold you. A lot of my cousins have Puerto Rican baby mothers, right? Very on brand for the Bronx. Very on fucking brand for the Bronx. I listen, if you are from New York City, you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. This is these motherfuckers is textbook Bronx dudes. Textbook Bronx dudes. And it's like, yo, you don't even like this girl. You literally just fucking with her because she's light-skinned with long hair, right? Yeah. Because it's the same thing with the black girls that they date. They also could pass because they're all light-skinned with long hair. It's, don't tell me it's a preference. It's some not. things are preferential and some things are bullshit. And I'm going to call bullshit on oh, that. Yeah. I'm going to call heavy bullshit on that like knock it the fuck off like enough is and, and, and growing up in the Bronx like honestly for a long time I, I and I probably still don't not for a long time to this very day I never considered um black Americans and Latinx people dating a mixed race date like because you must all we, we all in it together so what do you mean like, like... so I never considered that so when I got to UB and um you know, one of those fucking workshops or whatever, probably a frat was hosting or whatever. And it was like, oh, do you date outside of your race? And I was like, well, I've never dated outside of my race. And they're like, oh, you never dated, you know, like a Puerto Rican or a Dominican. I was like, that's not outside of my race. Now you asking me like a white Australian. I was like, I've never dated a white dude. <laughs> I was like, that's what I thought you meant. I was like, I've never dated an Asian dude. You know, I don't, I've never dated an indigenous man. I don't have those experiences. But right. if you're asking me, have I dated someone who probably also grew up in the Bronx? 
Yeah, y'all all fair game. We the same. Listen, New York is a nationality, first and foremost. Be so, clear. Be clear. <laughs> let's just call that what it is. Miss me with the nonsense. I'm not be I'm clear. not going all granular with you. But be, be clear. You know, you know, I've had my hair short for a minute now. Other other things I've noticed, like shout out to therapy. I noticed in working through a lot of things in therapy that a lot of my resistance to being more domestic or always, or at least when I started getting my hair cut really short or even growing out my hair was like an act of rebellion, you know, in hindsight. I mean, now I just love this shit and it's convenient for me, but you know what I'm saying? At that time it was like, no, fuck it. I'm gonna just cut all my hair off. You know what I'm saying? Like, because again, based on what a Latina looks like, like, no, I don't have a big ass and the curves and all that other shit. Right. I don't have, like, I, I'm not the light skin or, you know, the, the dark enough skin that I know you're not white, but the light enough skin that you're not black. Like, that, right. that's not me. Um, you know, all that cooking and cleaning shit. Like, I, I just, I, now I was Yo, a making a more, a more active, like, no, I actually do want to cook. But I remember growing up, in my mind, based on my environment and, you know, growing up in the Bronx, being domestic, having kids, all that other shit equated to being stuck. And I just refused. I was like, not on my watch for self. Right. No, no, thank you. Right. Yeah, and, I, and I can relate with that 3000%. And it impacted me in a way that I'm like, yo, you know what? Now maybe like, let's rein it back a little bit. And like, sure. You know what I'm saying? Like learn a few recipes. It's cool. But like, I remember that being very much a thing, you know, like yeah. when I would, when I would go with black American dudes, like, so also use Dominican, use Spanish. Ah, so you be right, making it no, it's I don't. Like, stop fetish. Like, don't don't fetishize me because no, no, I'm not interested in you anymore. That shit is right. not attractive. I'm not making you no rice. Get out of here. <laughs> you make me stop some rice. With this fucking kong kong. Okay. <laughs> but yes, that that all, all that to be said that it you know it wasn't something that my family thankfully didn't like you know traumatize me with, but I saw mm -hmm. it enough in my environment that I was like, uh, hmm. like again. It, at that time, for sure. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, the math actually does matter. The math actually does. Yeah. It's so true. Thank you so much for spending some time with me having this very candid conversation. I'm sure you'll be back because we've got a million things. Listen, we got topics on topics, okay? Exactly. We got, <laughs> we've got annals of topics, you know, so we will be back. I appreciate you overwhelmingly i'm super proud of you super happy for you love you loads um ladies and gentlemen gentlemen and ladies everybody in the queendom i will let you know where you can find her definitely try to check out her comedy show the next time that she does it because she's actually kind of funny how about that <laughs> <I'm making laughs> i'll be making them laugh and ha ha and ha ha with the <laughs> If you do not already, make sure you are following the Thea Chronicles. Make sure that you are following Black Girl SOS, Girl with the Y, not with an I. Follow the podcast on your favorite platform. And until next time, y'all have a good one. Peace. <laughs>